Welcome to this week's sermon from Amblecote Christian Centre. Well, thank you, Phil, and good morning to everyone. Uh, Good morning to those of you in the building, and also uh, a warm welcome to those of you, good morning anyway, to those of you who are uh, watching at home. So as Phil said, um, there are a number of us who are part of the church family here at ACC who meet together on Wednesday evenings. Uh, We've been meeting since March, once a week, online, um, to consider a selection of the Psalms together. We look at one or two Psalms each week. We think about its uh, context, its meaning, its structure, where it finds its place in the New Testament. And then we spend most of our time seeking to apply the psalm to our lives as followers of uh, Jesus. The psalms really cover a vast range of human experience, from the very good to the very dark. And our main aim in meeting together is to explore in the psalms how we might know God and help one another in the varying experiences of our lives and how we might find the words to express our response to those experiences, words that we might speak to God as well as to one another. Anne is one member of our group, and I just want to say um, publicly um, that I am really blessed to have Anne as part of the group. I'm sure the rest of the group would say the same. It would be easy for Anne as someone who has been walking with Jesus for many years, to come along to the group and say, yeah, yeah, I've heard it all before. But no, she comes with an open heart, ready to hear what God may want to say to her through his word and through the other members of the group. And so I've asked Anne to join me this morning to discuss one of the Psalms that we've been looking at together. And I hope that our discussion will be a blessing to you. Anne chose Psalm 34. So I'm going to read that psalm in a moment, then briefly comment on it, and then discuss with Anne what she's been learning from it. So if you want to turn in a Bible um, to Psalm 34, it's a psalm of David. David is uh, the future king of Israel at this point, Um, but as this psalm was written by him or for him, he was a refugee in another country, and so in a very vulnerable and lowly position. So let me read the psalm for us together this morning. Psalm 34, it says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord And he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps round those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. O fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. 
What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous and his ears towards their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. There's a lot that could be said about that psalm, but I just want to really very quickly highlight three themes that we see in the psalm. And you can see them in many of the other psalms as well. The first is David's resolve to praise God his resolve to praise God. He determines that he will always praise God, even in the troubled time that he finds himself in. You could say that David made praise part of the rhythm of his life. He also says God will praise, that he will praise God with his mouth, which reflects the first song that we sang this morning. The actual verbalizing of praise is crucial as is integrating what we say and what we sing with what's going on inside us. It's interesting too that he describes praise as boasting about God and that he calls God's people to join him in doing just that. So David's resolve to praise God. Secondly, David's dynamic relationship with God. He says that God hears him. Verse 15 says that God's ears are towards our cry active, attentive listening, anticipating our cry. Such a gift of God in our noisy world, isn't it? God not only hears, David says that he answers and delivers, not always as we would want. David was not taken out of this difficult situation immediately. But we can prevail on God and expect and anticipate that he will help us. And then he also says that God is his refuge, which is probably the main theme of the whole of the Psalms. God as a place of safety and security. David describes a living friendship between two persons, him and his Lord. So David's resolve to praise God, David's dynamic relationship with God. Finally, David's assurance that God is on the side of the righteous. This psalm portrays God like a watchful parent who identifies himself with those whose conduct and speech about others reflects his own holy character. Well, there's a lot more that we could say, but I want to hear from Anne. So we're going to maybe pick up on some of those themes as Anne and I discuss the psalm together. Uh, we had an hour to discuss it as a group a few Wednesdays ago. We don't have quite so long this morning. But Anne, I think you wanted to start, first of all, before we actually jump into the psalm, you wanted to start with just a few words about the value of meeting together as followers of Jesus around his word. Yeah, it's, um, 
It's interesting what David said, that he thought that I would come and, you know, or wouldn't find it helpful or interesting to um, come to the Bible study, to study the Word of God with others. But, you know, I, I absolutely love it. That you can never learn, in, uh, you know, all there is to know about God or the Bible. But I, I picked up my word for today, this morning, David, and this is what it read. The one who stops maturing spiritually because he thinks he knows more scripture than others or has more success in ministry is still far from being what Christ planned for him. And it went on to say that God's intention is to make us like Jesus. And we learn from one another. I love to listen to, to you younger people. Um, Not often I'm called young be, these days. Be, yeah, be, because... Um, because they can have um, a different take on, on a scripture. Uh, and also, uh, it's good to be challenged. When you've always thought about something as being that, somebody can come along and give another interpretation of it. And you think, oh yes, that's right. I, I, I'll have to really address that in my life. So... You know, I'm interested not just for encouragement and, and knowledge, but also to be challenged as well. That's, That's why I enjoy it. That's brilliant. And it's so important, isn't it, in times like now, we can just let this pass by, you know, in 10 minutes or so it'll be over. We can just let it pass by or we can engage, but particularly when there's an opportunity for dialogue in a, in a smaller group, um, the opportunity to not just come and rehearse the opinions that we already hold, but to come and really engage with others and allow God to speak to us through the contributions that other people make, I think is amazing. And I do just want to say again, Anne, that as someone who's been walking with Jesus for a long time, you helped to model that for the rest of us in the group by, by coming with that open heart. So I just want to commend you and, and thank you for that. So let's jump into Psalm 34 then in the short time that we've got left. Um, what are your reflections on Psalm 34? Maybe beginning with what David says about praise. I talked about it as David's resolve to praise God and the stuff about boasting in God, the stuff about praising God together, the stuff about making sure that we verbalize, that we sing that praise aloud as we sang earlier. Yeah. What are some of your reflections that you sort of thought about as we looked at this psalm together in that particular respect? Yeah. Well, first of all, David, I, I, I must confess, I, I, I thought of it in terms of how we all praise together, say, song praise in church. But then the more I thought about it, I thought, you know, praise is so much more than that, isn't it? It's lifting up the name of Jesus. Um, the psalmist says... Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. This Mine is a different version to yours, David, but the, it says the same thing, just in a different way. Um, and, you know, people need to hear our stories. They need to hear us tell them how relevant God is in our lives. Uh, we may be meeting in church, praising together, and I do think that's vital. I think praise is a weapon in our lives against the enemy. If you remember in the Bible, when the um, Israelites were going into battle, they always put the singers and the musicians in front to prepare the way. And I do think that song praise in church prepares us to receive from God 
what he wants to say. But more so than that, when we're meeting in a smaller group or when we're meeting with people who don't know Jesus, there may be some people at home who are listening who don't have that personal relationship with Jesus. Well, it's up to us to help you with our examples of how God's worked in our lives to help you towards faith in Jesus. So how do you, so the verbalising of praise is vital for others. How do you think the speaking out of praise is helpful for ourselves? That's interesting because I read another quote, David. We don't praise God because God needs it, but because we do. When we praise God, we put ourselves in perspective. We acknowledge that God is the source and origin of everything, even the breath we are taking right now. Without God, there is nothing. So it does something to our spirit. Our spirit connects with God when we're praising. And so that's why I believe it's vital for, for ourselves and for others. We talked, didn't we? It's, it's right in line with that quote that you've just read. We, I remember we talked on the evening about how speaking out God's praise, singing out God's praise, doesn't make it any more true. It's true whether we speak it out or not, but actually it makes it part of our lived experience, makes it more real to us um, personally as well as to those around us. So there's definitely that corporate aspect of praise, and I think we might come back to that right at the end of our discussion. But I think for us personally, even if we're on our own, the speaking out of Praise to God has that value. It'd be lovely to talk about that more, but I guess time constrains us. So um, the second thing that we highlighted in the psalm is um, that it speaks, and we could say so much about this, of a really living, dynamic relationship between David and God. There are two people in this relationship, and it is a relationship. Um, And we also said that it speaks about God being on our side when we belong to him, which as Christians we believe is uh, possible through the Lord Jesus. So Anne, I wonder if you would be able to just say a little bit about how you see that dynamic um, working out in your own life. Yes, I will. Um, I'll give you an example of how I found... I could could give you many stories, but... um, there are certain things and certain things that happen in your life that, that stand out. And um, th- this incident happened three years ago. And sometimes, you know, we don't understand why things happen. We just have to trust God. But sometimes God's very kind and he speaks to us before the event. He knows what's going to happen, but we may not. One Sunday morning in church... John Barton, one of our church family members, for those who are at home, um, came over to me and asked if he could pray for me. And of course, I said yes. And um, he grabbed Lynn, Lynn Parks, and they both came and prayed with me. And John mentioned every part of my body that I was having a problem with, and he knew nothing. My eyes, my heart my feet, and he prayed that I would see things that, you know, God wanted me to see, that I would use my hands to bless others, and my feet would walk in his ways. And then at the end of it, Lynn Parks had a word that she felt was from God that said, 
can. God hasn't finished with you yet. He still has a work for you to do. <clears throat> Not long after that, I was recalled after a mammogram. And I had to go for um, a, a needle biopsy. And those ladies that have had mammograms will understand that that wasn't a particularly pleasant experience because it takes about 20 minutes and you are in rather an ungainly and very painful position during it. Margaret's laughing. She's a nurse for those that don't know her. Um, but during the procedure, I had a radiographer here saying to me, are you okay? Are you okay? I said, yes, I'm fine. And she said to me, well, I can't understand you, she said. You're so calm. She said, most of the ladies that we have having to have this procedure are panicking and they're really fearful. But I, I, managed, I was able to tell her then that God had warned me that maybe I would go through a difficult time, but that he hadn't finished with me yet. So all through that um, experience, even, even down to the surgery, uh, walking down to the theatre, I was chatting to a, a young lady that was leading me there, a nursing a member of the nursing profession, and she was from Romania. And I said, oh, our church supports Romania. And the surgeon who was listening says, oh, my church supports Romania as well. So God even gave me a Christian surgeon. But, you know, I thought God's really kind then. He warned me. Now, that doesn't always happen, does it? But because over the years I've proved God in so many different situations, I can trust that even though things sometimes seem to go very wrong, that he has a purpose in it and he will turn it around for good. It may not solve the problem, but he will bring good out of it eventually, either for me or for maybe for someone else. For others, yeah. I think what you've just done there, Anne, is sort of what we were talking about in our first section. You've declared the praises of God aloud, and I hope that's an encouragement to us all, or at least to some of us listening. Uh, and it really speaks, I think, your story of um, God hearing um, uh, and God acting, God delivering, and God being that place of safety and security that the Psalms so... The Lord delivers him from them all. So we're not, we all know, it's just the facts of life, but the Bible got there first. It is uh, true that we go through many uh, afflictions. We're not immune from those because we belong uh, to God. Um, but yes, um, God is on our side. No one psalm is the full picture. So there are other psalms which are more desperate than this psalm which don't come with a clear resolution to the pain of the psalmist. But I think one of the things we're beginning to explore in the group is how even when we feel that's the case and we don't get the advanced warning that you got in that situation, that we can still find the words in the psalms through the help that God gives us by his spirit to express our response to the challenging experiences of life. Yeah, the, the, thing, the thing that I think is important, David, is where are we looking for our peace and our reassurance in life? 
Because if we look to people, people will let us down. Circumstances change, but God is always there. There's that song, isn't there, that we sing, even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. He's always there. He never never leaves us. And, And we either believe that and put it into practice, or we might as well give up. I think it's really important that we get out of our minds this concept of God as a passive part of our relationship with him. That sort of his side is passive and we're the sort of frantic side of the relationship with God and not at all. This psalm and the other psalms show God actively, you might also say emotionally invested in his relationship with his people. It's a dynamic, growing and changing relationship as we walk with him. Just in the last couple of moments then, and before um, uh, we come to sing part of this psalm, let me just ask you one final question, if I may. Um, When we were talking about this morning a few days ago, you mentioned something very specific that about the psalm that struck you in the context of lockdown and the, the vital importance of, of meeting together. I wondered if you might just say a few words about that as well. Yes, yes, I will, David. I think if, any, if lockdown has taught us anything, it's taught us about the value of relationships, the value of friendships, the value of our church family, how we need each other to encourage us, um, to, to maybe... Uh, challenge us Um, and I know that there are some people who are at home who find it are finding it a bit anxious a bit fearful about coming back together and about being with other people and that's very understandable and you know I really look forward to the time when we can all come without any fear without any anxiety and meet together because I think if anything that this psalm says it's about doing things together Um, I mean the the guys aren't they they're always banging on about the vision of community but it is very important to be part of a church family you you it's easy to, to to sort of go along and behave at home without anybody there to challenge you But when we're together, we have to learn to get on with each other. We have to learn to appreciate and value each other. And I think the psalm really emphasises that. Yeah, and and to do that not just in a Sunday space. Mm. But um, say yesterday I was out cycling with someone and we spent some time just chatting, challenging, sharing Christ with one another. Um, Those kinds of spaces too are incredibly valuable as well as the... Uh, vital importance of our Sunday space together. So yeah, the psalm says, let us exalt his name together. And like all of the psalms really, although this psalm doesn't specifically say that it was to be sung, all of the psalms are really to be spoken out aloud and to be sung together. And so that's what we're going to do to close our time together this morning. We're going to sing part of this psalm. And uh, I'm going to hand back to uh, Sophie and the rest of the team to lead us in doing that. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Amblecote Christian Centre. For more information about who we are, what we believe and how you can get involved, please visit our website www.amblecotechristiancentre.org.uk.